It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, we all know where the Falcons need to go in the NFL draft this year, but what group do they need to stay away from? So I took a picture by the Hawks shop at Saturday night's game, emphasis on the word shop. Is that maybe a sign of things to come or things we need to see from this team? And last but not least, in for the culture, I think there is one positive that we can take away from this fiasco down in Florida. It's ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, we want to make sure that you leave us a five-star review. And if you guys want to check us out on the big screen, how about this? Go ahead and download that Roku and Amazon Fire app. Either one, your, your choice. And if you want to check us out, all you got to do is drop in the search box. Locked on Sports Atlanta, and we will pop right up. You can check us out right there on the big screen. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. How about this? This episode is definitely brought to you by uh, FanDuel and this official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com backslash locked on today to get started. But T, when you think about what the Falcons are going to have to do in this offseason, we all talked about ad nauseum, hashtag Tanitra draft defense. That's the mantra. Like, all de- draft all defense in 2023. Yeah. But I think the main thing, though, when you think about what the Falcons are, are doing, they're going to be heading up, up the East-West Round Bowl. Yeah. And I got your guy, Marquise Williams, and the special teams coordinator, will be the head coach. And they're going to have Justin Peel calling the plays on offense as the OC. So assistants are going to get their chance to shine. And also the senior bowl will be going on at the same time. So they won't be Mm -hmm. all in like they've been in the past couple of years because we know the Falcons have taken at least five guys from each draft these past two years. So that's 10 guys total that they've drafted specifically from the senior bowl. So Mm -hmm. we'll get a chance to see how that, that, that dynamic or if that trends continues with a coaching staff being out in Las Vegas at the East-West Shrine Bowl. But, T, what position group do they need to stay away from? Well, let me say this first. If a guy like Warren McClendon is at the Senior Bowl, then, hey, I do want the Falcons <laughs> to strike and hit pay dirt once again. Quite Absolutely. fine with me. And I'm going to actually break it down just a little bit more to say who I don't want or the position group that I don't want them to see or I don't want to see them draft I'd say for the first three rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's where it's kind of the critical mass, if you will. Right. In the first three rounds, we don't need to see another wide receiver. We don't. Oh, yes, Lord. If we want another yeah. wide receiver in Flowery Branch, go to free agency. Get you a guy in free agency because your wide receiver slash tight end core is solid enough as is. I don't think you need to waste one of those high picks on wide receiver. 
Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with you on that, and that that was a position that I would I would probably say as well a pa- another pass catcher because when you think about it, they have a nice group of people already on the mm-hmm. squad. You know, obviously Michael Pruitt is going to be uh, um, a free agent, but I don't mind you bring him back. You can get him at a decent price. Yes, and also Alameda's a kid. You can probably get him back as a, a, at a decent oh, price yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, so those are some of the things that you're going to be looking for because I feel like you got your number one and two uh options on offense and i I don't care to put you don't have to put them in order i just know that hey you got two guys that you can throw the rock to and drake london and kyle pitts so i'm i'm not interested in them seeing i'm not interested in seeing guys they're you know being drafted in the first three rounds like you mentioned Mm -hmm. uh there's a mandate that that is that has gone out from ato day ones that don't draft offense don't draft wide receiver in the first three rounds of the 2023 NFL draft. That's kind of where I am, T, and I and I, I thank you so much for you know making sure that Terry Fontenot get his ish together in 2023. Because he we will. We're, we're, we believe. Yeah. We definitely <laughs> we believe. believe they'll do the right thing because we've seen some good things out of Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot these last couple of seasons. And I'll say to co-sign on our wide receiver, just add more depth to that. You have two running backs, Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, who can catch out of the backfield. So essentially it's like a cheat code. So yeah, miss me with a wide receiver in those first couple of rounds. Absolutely. I'm wholeheartedly on board with that. Now, T, now you know Stetson Bennett been, you know, maybe battling, may or may not have been battling back and forth with, you know, local uh, uh, hosts on Twitter. Uh, about how his, his overall demeanor was at the mm-hmm. parade, but I think he got some confirmation as to what's going down as far as the Peyton Man, not Peyton Man, I'm sorry, the Manning Award, which goes to the best overall quarterback in college football. And when you look at the lineage of guys who won that award, T, those guys have gone on to bid, you know, they've gone on to been pretty decent and in, in the NFL. And I think that's a bit of, pretty much said it himself when you know let's let's hear from the man himself it really is an honor to accept this award i agree with postseason that's where football is played i think it is the most prestigious quarterback award in the country you look at the names who's done well post career seems to be pretty consistently that this one gets it right well said stetson well said (laughs) we're talking about 19 years of the manning family awarding this to the top quote-unquote quarterback in college football all 19 or 18 because he's the 19th all 18 of them got drafted so i don't expect anything less from stetson regardless of where you think he's going to get drafted the point is he's up there with the elite of the elite and i know that in addition to maybe giving a little bit of shade to to our guy Steak Shapiro over at (laughs) 92.9 i think a lot some of that shade and some of that case was being made for what should happen from the college football hall of fame and their criteria that you have to be an all American to even get on the ballot for the the hall of fame. And I have a sneaking suspicion that a guy like Archie Manning, who his family has had a relationship with Stetson for years. Stetson was actually one of the quarterbacks at their most recent football camp, got a sneaking suspicion. He's going to have some commentary for the college football hall of fame about why they should modify that particular criterion. But yeah, When you look at Stetson's record alone, I mean, I was looking at a crazy, crazy stat that literally said he had like 
927 yards and like 11 touchdowns when you, you know, combine all three, the SEC title game, the CFP semifinals and the national championship. The numbers are so gaudy. It's unbelievable. And when you think about, I think it's 4,127 yards to be exact. No UGA QB is thrown for that many yards ever. So you got a guy who continues to get these accolades. And I just love the fact that Stetson Bennett has probably patented the humble brag. Yeah. I mean, good good for him because I yeah. like I know the the negative connotation that comes with guys that walk yeah. on because like like no matter who you are, no matter what type of talent that you have, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, people are going to doubt you and say sure. that you're not good enough. And he's been told that a lot, yeah. even by the team that he won two national championships with in back to back years. So when you think about that aspect of being able to come from that and then mm-hmm. go on to just tell everybody blank you essentially. Yeah. Like, I know what I know my capabilities mm-hmm. and to stand on the top of the, the roof to scream it out. You know, he, he does. He can, he can be quiet now. He can have yeah. a, he can be humble, humble right now because he was a Heisman can, uh, finalist. You know what I mean? And now you win in the Manning Award, which is goes to pretty do, pretty talk on good quarterbacks. Yeah. When you think about going just going down the line through the years, so mm-hmm. I, I think right now Stetson Bennett is just riding this wave and yeah, good for him because like when 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 you think about where he came from and what he was able to accomplish, specifically. When the lights were shining the brightest, yes. you got to give the man the credit for yeah. what he has done and mm-hmm. the accolades as well. And it seems like he's yeah. definitely picking up those bad boys as yeah. we go along. And the hardware is getting hardware list is getting pretty long. Too. Oh, yeah. And that's why he made the comment that he made, because this is the one award unlike the rest that take into consideration what you did in the postseason. If yep. so, I think that is very to me, that's who he is. That's what sets yeah. him apart. Because as we watched the last four teams standing, he was the, the most. He, he was the last Heisman finalist standing. The end. Yeah. Yep. So he beat a lot of guys that were in that in that doggone room that he got a chance to get acquaint, well acquainted with mm-hmm. for those few days when they were up in New York. So yes. we'll definitely keep an eye on Mr. Bennett because there's a possibility maybe make an appearance at the Senior Bowl. We'll yeah. keep an eye on that, but. Another thing to keep an eye on, how about this, T? We're losing another, another Atlanta great. And, you know, a lot of people may feel, might not feel that way, but, you know, that's what we're going to call it because, hey, the man's last name, Carey, rings throughout the city of Atlanta. Chip Carey is reportedly, T, according to Athletic, he's Mm -hmm. going to the St. Louis Cardinals to do the exact same thing that he was doing for the Braves, but this time, Valley Sports Midwest, Mm -hmm. if I I remember correctly. So, And he's going to be taking over as the uh, play-by-play television broadcaster for them. I don't know about you, T, but are you going to miss Chip Carey, though? Well, as a human being, I would say yes. <laughs> yeah, as a human being, I would say yes. Because when I was going through, you know, the the reasoning for why he's leaving, the Cardinals really is as big of a baseball city, if not bigger. Because one thing's yeah. for certain, we – Atlanta has the Falcons, the Hawks, and United, like, and and the Dream. We cover all of the bases for your major leagues, right? right? They don't have anything. Like, they don't have an NFL team, no NBA team, no. Oh, they have a hockey team, St. Louis Blues. That's about it. St. Louis, yeah, yeah, but when it. you 
think about it, really, the Cardinals are, are really the main ticket in town. So this is huge. And he's a native of St. Louis. So after being gone for about mm -hmm. 27 years, he gets to go back there. And from what I am told, he's going to get a nice paycheck to do it. And while we'll miss some of his calls, I was listening to some of them this morning. And I was like, okay, but who are we talking about? Because it was a he this or a he that. So that's my only thing. I was like, sometimes we don't know who it is. But when you're comparing it to a radio broadcast, I don't know if it's fair because they truly have to create a picture. Thus, mm -hmm. I would say that the guy that I would miss the most is kind of a 1A and 1B as far as play-by-play, -play. as far as play-by-play. -play. Steve Holman and Wes Durham, they're about a 1A and a 1B because those guys get after it. And again, nothing against Bob Rathbun because it's a little easier. You know, we we get to yeah. visualize see what's yeah. going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you think about the job Steve has to do and the job Wes has to do, and especially Steve, because Steve flies solo doing yeah, that job. Man. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, would I miss Steve on the call. And you want to talk about the originator of Petty? Aha. Steve Holman. If you've oh, yes. not heard the Petty yes, calls. Lord. You should check in tomorrow night when the Hawks play the Thunder on 92.9 because he's the best at the petty. Absolutely. And, and, and when you think about, though, you know, these broadcasters and, and like you said, with dad being Skip Carey, you're talking about over 40 years combined of that last name being associated with the Atlanta Braves from a television standpoint. Mm -hmm. Man, yeah, this is going to this is going to whoever they decide is going to replace them has big shoes to fill. Indeed. If you're trying to fill your pockets with some big money, how about this? How about you go to FanDuel? Because the championship games are here, people. Um, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they are the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make sports betting on sports fun and easy. Here's what we got for the new customers, right? Mm. This is for all you people who haven't messed with FanDuel just yet. All right. If you join today, to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. And yes. all you have to do is place a $5 bet. So you're gonna get $150 just for placing a $5 bet. How about this? If you're trying to figure out what's going on, you know the championships game this week, like I mentioned earlier, the San Francisco 49ers, they are the underdog, two and a half points. I might be wanting to drop some little money on that before them to lay those points because, you know, that's just how I get down. I'm looking for the, the odds where I can make the most money. If you're trying to do the same, go to FanDuel.com. It's right there for you. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel official. Sportsbook partner of the NFL. Well, obviously, if you hedged your bets on the Hawks winning last night, you bet wrong because <laughs> they didn't give you what you wanted. They did not give us the W that I really thought they could get because, of course, those first two games were very, very competitive. One, the Hawks won at the buzzer. One, the Bulls won at the buzzer. So you're looking for the Hawks to win and go up in the series two to one. You're looking for them to erase the memory of what happened. Saturday, you kind of said, ah, it was a back-to-back. -back. Okay, fine. Yeah. No, this is a team that looked like they were going back to the median, like they were regressing back to the median in the 111-100 loss. And the reason I say that is because of 18 turnovers that led to 25 points for the Bulls, 
19 travels. Like you got called for traveling 19 times, 19 times. And it just, I, I just don't understand. I, it just mm. make it make sense because honestly, the rotation that the Hawks utilized the first time, and I do want to talk about that rotation that they utilized this time, but the first couple of times it worked. It's just that you beat them at the buzzer one time and, and they got you the other time. But what I saw last night was an absolute head scratcher. T, like just watching that game, and I was just having a conversation with, with the wife, you know, you know her name. Um <laughs> this morning I was just and she literally called me because I, I literally fell asleep, full disclosure, during during the game. And then I, I woke up probably about two o'clock this morning. So I'm watching the game. And the wife was upstairs asleep. And then she called me. She was like, um, I can hear everything that you're saying right now. And she knows that my frustration was coming out. She was like, I heard you last night. What in the world is do? And why did do, 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 do? I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I just had to put the game on mute because if I put the game on mute, I can just kind of focus in and just watch the game and just take it all in. But yeah. just watching this game, just guys just looking at each other as a dude to make a layup. Or guys just getting, you know, standing out the way on the rebound, or guys just turning yes. the rock over and just lollygagging back up the court. And mm -hmm. we'll hear from Landry Fields in a little bit on yes. that. And I think that it's just, and when you talk about traveling, mm -hmm. like this is basic yeah. basketball basic. 101. Yeah. My goodness. And John Collins, dude. Yeah. Like you, he can be so goofy on the basketball court sometimes. Yes. I'm just yes. like, what are you doing? Him trying to throw alley used to click Capella. I'm like, yeah. no, that's not your no, game. It's not right. What are you doing, sir? Yeah. It's just, it's it's just really, really frustrating to you to see. And then Andre Drummond, he the the, the Hawks killer, he just comes in and just comes off the bench. And thank thankfully Billy Donovan has something against him because he doesn't really play him that much when he plays mm -hmm. against Hawks. But when he gets yeah. in, this dude is so efficient. And yeah. you know, and, and when you think about that, like Biggs just going off, getting rebounds, and mm -hmm. they're forcing turnovers, and they got Alex Caruso looking like he doggone met a world peace, right? It's prime, and I'm just like. It's just frustrating. See, this, this mm -hmm. team is just so frustrating. Chuck, we talked about yeah. this team being magnet. This team is just absolutely ridiculous when it comes to a night in, night out base because you don't know what to expect. You don't. And I don't know that I like that lineup either. I get that DeAndre Hunter was out. Hopefully he's feeling better. He had an acute <sighs> asthma situation last night, and yeah. it happens. And we didn't have Onyeka Okongu, who's still dealing with the uh, hamstring tightness that he'd been dealing with since Saturday night. We get right. all that. So you're missing a lot in those guys. However, when you see that the guys at the three and the four are not there, your starter and your guy who's a pseudo starter coming off the bench, that's what you replace that with. I don't think that three, three guards was the answer to the Bulls because right. they played you long and they played you big. Now, I good that DeJounte 6'10", Bogey's probably 6'7". But I just don't think that was the right lineup. I really was looking at AJ Griffin and saying, "Okay, he only got thirty-one minutes. Why he didn't he get the starter? Why didn't he get the start? Because <laughs> inserting him in the lineup gives you three bigs to go against their three bigs. Yeah. And last night it wasn't necessarily because one eleven to one hundred is not that big of a deal in, in the NBA. 
So it wasn't necessarily like a scoring fest per se. Yeah, you had spurts from certain guys, but Mm -hmm. I also felt like, wow, this was a situation where I wasn't quite sure that the lineup that Nate put out there to start and maybe kind of continued was that right lineup because as per his usual, A.J. Griffin shined when he got out there. And I would also say Jalen Johnson could have been used a little bit more to give him an opportunity to get rhythm at some end of the court, whether that was his rhythm on offense or defense. So a little bit of that was shaky. But to your point, whomever is out there, you just need to play ball. You need to play at its basic level. You need to move the ball. You need to get out in transition. Just plain do your job. But that said, Landry Fields can tell you better than I can tell you what he expects as the job for this team for going forward. But it doesn't come down to one play as much as it's such a significant play. You can go back in time and you don't need to have a last two minute report. You need to have a whole game report. There's something that happens in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, early in the fourth, that if you changed it or you made the right read on this, the game has a completely different outcome. They always look at that and it it becomes isolated or as if that's the only thing that impacts the game. But that's just not true. And our guys have to be mature enough to understand that. And then going into you know Chicago last night, I didn't really like our effort in the first quarter. I don't know why the effort wasn't quite there. Uh, I'm a stickler for, you know, if you turn the ball over, you need to sprint your butt back on defense and make an effort to try to <laughs> make up for what you just did. And when I don't see that, that's not winning basketball. Not at all. That's how you get 25 points off of 18 turnovers if you're the opposing team. And, you know, Jarvis, he's right. It it was even if it was going to come down to the final play yet again, it was still never going to come down to the final play. No different yeah. than it was Saturday because Saturday was a 19 point lead blown. Last night against the Bulls was a 13 point lead blown. And then when you kind of dig into the numbers, it's the abysmal number. The Hawks shooting like. 63% free from the free throw line? It's not who they are. It's not who they are as a team. So to oh me, goodness. that was problematic because as a team who complains all the time about not getting enough calls, not getting enough opportunities at the charity stripe, okay, you got them last night and you didn't do anything with them. So that number bothered me as you know you began to kind of dig in like, wow, are you kidding me? And that's focus, T. That's nothing but focus. Yes, Turn the ball over. Free throws. You're already a really good uh, free throw shooting team when you're locked in. And they just weren't locked in. And that's a problem. When you're talking about it's one thing to get beat. I get it. Like, it's one thing for a team to just be like, all right, it was their night. Hey, they shot 60% from from the three-point line or something like that. It just – and y'all were were contesting. All the shots were contested. It wasn't nobody Mm -hmm. sitting there wide open making those shots. Right. I understand that. And it happens on night and night on the NBA on the, in, in the NBA. But when you have a scenario where, like you said, you go to a zone defense and you're looking at guys making layups and yeah. you have a situation where you turn the ball over and not getting back on defense, Trey Young, and, and you're sitting up there, you know, traveling and, and fumbling around right. the ball. It's just it's, it's just no, yeah. it's, it's, it's easy to see that you all aren't focused now. And that is a big problem coming yeah. off. The loss that you had Saturday night against the Hornets. Exactly. Yeah, it once again tells you that, hey, the Hawks just seem to think that they can turn it on at any time. But when you look at that stat line and you look at the fact, and I know I said, you know, 63%, but when you look at the number, I go back to the number of free throw opportunities. And Jarvis, this game really, I know the final score was 111-100, but Mm -hmm. really, this game was about 106-100 and 108-100. And the Hawks were still 
within earshot of a win. Right. When you have 19 opportunities at the free throw line and you only take advantage of 12, that's seven points right there. Seven points. So if yeah. you take those seven points and you take something like that poor decision making that you just called out, JC passing to Clint for the alley oop, that's about two, maybe three points if he gets to the line. That's your gap right there. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. your gap. And if you had done those things just even a little bit more consistently, you probably would have won the game. But you can't stick around and focus on what happened last night or even Saturday night because you have five of your next six games that are on the road. And it's in a very critical juncture. You got about two and a half weeks until you get mm-hmm. to that trade deadline. So what is it, Jarvis, that you're looking for? What do you need to see on this road trip, whether it's from one individual or whether it's this team as a collective that'll tell you, OK, now I know exactly what the Hawks need to do on or before February 9th. I think it's already been the decision has already been made. I, I think it's either one or two guys or both. Um, and Bogdan Bogdanovich and John Collins will not be a hawk after this trade deadline because something needs to happen. There needs to yeah. be some type of shock to the system or something mm-hmm. saying that, hey, everybody's on notice now, yep. including you, Trey, because mm-hmm. you need to be the catalyst for this team as it goes along. And, and I think yep. that what the Hawks um, need from a, John, a guy like John Collins, mm-hmm. he, he can't really give it to him on a nightly basis. There it is. Like, yes. we, saw, we saw what it, what he what he was is capable of in mm-hmm. the, the start of the season, being one of the better defenders in the league. And I think he was average over, over one one block a game and, and just being a right. guy to just doing what he's capable of doing. Like Because yeah. at the end of the day, Travis Lane didn't pay you that money for you to doggone become this all-world player. He paid you no. to do what he knows you cap- you're capable of. Yes. And he yep. hasn't been able to do that con- on a consistent basis. And I think yeah. that Something needs to happen, whether it's him, Bogan, Bo, or both, you know, because mm-hmm. you have to get rid of somebody of, of some type of value to be yeah. able to get something mm-hmm. in return to get what you mm-hmm. need. So I think that, yeah, my mind is already made up and I'm in Atlanta, based off of what I heard from Landry Fields, his mm-hmm. mind may be made up as well, T. Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to see some moves made. And like you said, at this point, you're probably going to have to package something because John Collins isn't worth what he was worth maybe two, two and a half years ago. And if you want to see who is the most logical player to package that's going to get you what you want, it's probably going to be Bogdan Bogdanovich. And Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, he's definitely had, you know, flashes of who he was. But if you can get out there and get yourself one more sharpshooter and definitely get yourself somebody who's more reliable at the four as far as being a double-double. I haven't called John Collins Mr. Double-Double one time this season because there haven't been enough consistently strung together double-doubles. Then, yeah, the Hawks have to go for it because right now they sit at eighth in the East. And who in the Sam Heck wants to even be that close to the play in line? But if you want to hear about some exciting moves or what the word is on the street about moves that are going to be made Check out Locked On Sports today because they give you immediate impact about things like when uh, Hachi Chiyomura moves from the Wizards. (laughs) Right, exactly. When he moves from the Wizards to the Lakers, that was obviously their move to say, hey, we know we've got to do something so that we can get into the postseason. Check out Locked On Sports today. They'll give you all the information, even reaction to Patrick Mahomes saying, no matter what, I'm playing, I'm playing. I am playing. So you check us out on YouTube, Odyssey app, or wherever you download your podcast, I would strongly recommend you check them out as well. And of course, you guys absolutely love 
for the culture because you tell us you do. So we think you'd like uh, your take of the day as well. So again, that's Locked on Sports Today for all your big reaction to the biggest stories in sports. Absolutely. Locked on Sports Atlanta family. I need you to do something for me really quickly. If you have not yes. subscribed to our YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. All you got to do yes. is just type in Locked on Sports Atlanta. We'll pop right up. Hit that subscribe button and turn that notification bell on. Every time we drop a new episode, you'll be right there ready to download that bad boy wherever you get your podcast from. But T, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. How about this? We've been talking about Ed Reed and the situation going on. We know he will no longer be the head coach of Bethune-Cookman, and Lord knows, who knows if he's going to be able to get another coaching gig, let alone a head coaching gig anywhere going anywhere anytime soon i think a lot of pe- some people may be staying away if they were interested beforehand mm-hmm. now the one thing that i feel like that's the one positive of this t mm-hmm. ed reed did empower the students yeah. now they've gotten they've gotten active they are opening their mouths and i think this is what has probably got lost in all of this conversation because mm-hmm. these are the people that are really being affected and have to live this bad boy and to be to keep it a buck the regular students, they are actually mm-hmm. paying to deal with this crap. So I think that we've heard from them. They've been protesting. They had mm-hmm. staged, they staged a walkout on campus on, on yes. yesterday. And mm-hmm. I think that whatever comes to this, it has to be positive because them speaking out and putting everything on, them exposing what mm-hmm. they have to deal with, I think that's yeah. the key to this this particular situation versus Ed Reed. And I mm-hmm. think this can be nothing but a good thing for, for the students that have to deal with this on a daily basis. And the students have actually swung their support to Ed Reed. They want him to come back. They want the school to reconsider bringing him back on campus. But this has actually been an issue for several years now. On and off, these students have been protesting. And if you guys, our listeners, our viewers, have ever seen some of the footage of Bethune-Cookman College after a hurricane or a major tropical storm, it looks like a third world country. And it stays looking like that for a while before it's actually addressed. So that is what these students are talking about when there are conditions or or catastrophes that are coming their way. It actually just exacerbates the issue. It just kind of builds on top of what they're already dealing with. So again, I really feel like you, you made a good point. Did we all like the way Ed Reed put it out there? Hell no. Absolutely not. It was just not the appropriate forum. And he was not the appropriate person because he did not have that kind of cachet, nor that kind of knowledge or understanding of what the HBCU experience is. That said, sometimes in order to get something fixed, a squeaky wheel has to just come up and start squeaking. Yeah. And that's kind of what he is. So hopefully this will bring some attention to that university, whether that is for the state of Florida to step in and do what they need to do, or whether that is for them to get Look some donors. Exactly. I know, right? <laughs> but hey, but you know what? In the representatives, <laughs> right? But you know, yeah. if you, you may yeah. you may get someone like uh, Congressman Demings, where you have yeah. or Congresswoman rather, where mm-hmm. you have someone who is maybe able to get an advocate or an ally, if you will, to kind of partner with her to see what that what they can overhaul and what they can do but the other piece is this and again in this case i do not lay it all at the feet of alumni but it would be great if the alumni could also partner with the students to advocate because honestly your board of directors it it ain't it because whoever you have on that board who is an alumnus 
they're not addressing the issues they're supposed to address. Yeah, and the the president of uh, Dr. Lawrence Drake of of Abdul Cookman isn't isn't addressing the issue because he was on Roland Martin talking about, well, actually, in actuality, it's not mold; it's actually mildew. When a lot of people don't know, uh, mildew is a type of Jesus, mold. So man, Jesus, man, Jesus, like, like, come on, dog, like you are exposing yourself. That, that seems to be a buzzword as when we talk about this situation. So yeah. Like it, it, and that further confirms the how aloof this guy is with yes. the student body and not really know what's going on, acting like he knows and taking that interview. And for you to go on there and say something like that is just mm -hmm. further just proves the point. Even yes. the nace, the negative Nancy of, of that they don't like HBCUs for some mm -hmm. odd reason, and then they actually will fit into the demographic that HBCUs are for. But you know, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. We're not gonna get into that, but I think that. Yes, this is a good thing. This is a really good thing. And I think that the more and more that these students uh, lift their voices, I think the more and more that you may start to see some things get done and maybe some rile up some alumni to go ahead and partner with these kids and, and, and try to get something changed down there in Daytona, Florida. Yeah, People, hopefully. Hopefully. And we hope you guys continue to come rock with us as you have made ATL Day 1. Your first listener today. Why don't you make your second listener today locked on sports today? They're going to be talking about this every situation with Bethune Cooking as well because it's guess what? It's national news. Everybody's mm -hmm. talking about it. So if you want to get the top stories of the day, check out Locked On Sports today. You can find it wherever you download your podcast. And I want to ask you guys one more thing. That's all I ask. I don't ask for much when it comes to this thing. How about you guys? Share love, show love, and most importantly, make sure you spread some love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.